your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. So, 8.19 and... Unfortunately, Samsung Electronics and Hyundai have a couple of things in common. That is that they are struggling somewhat. They take up nearly 20% of this country's GDP. But, uh, well, I'm sure you've come across all the documented cases of Samsung's Galaxy Note 7 exploding. They're talking about 7 trillion won worth of damage there. Uh, Hyundai Motors, though, saying it's also lost 3 trillion won because of a strike uh, over a wage increase, uh, also being forced to give full compensation to Sonata customers in the US because of an engine default, and also, just like Samsung, facing stiff competition from China. Let's bring in John Humphrey, Senior Vice President of the Global Automotive Division at JD Power. Uh, good morning to you from Seoul. Uh, good morning, Alex. Uh, thanks for joining us from the United States this morning, our time. And uh, according to the recent report by uh, Korea Automobile Manufacturers Association. This country recently yielded its position as the third largest exporter of automobiles to Mexico. What is eroding that competitive edge, would you say? Uh, well, for, for Hyundai and Kia, it's, it's more of a, a product issue. Uh, it's, for some of the key markets, specifically the, the U.S. market, they've, they've moved heavily to consumers, that is, have moved heavily towards SUVs and trucks. Um, and right now, the portfolio of, of both Hyundai and Kia is, is more skewed towards uh, sedans and small cars. Uh, so they're at a bit of a disadvantage. I don't think it's a long-term disadvantage. I think they'll come back on that. But um, taking a step back and looking at things globally, the same thing's happening in China. One of the fastest growth segments in that market, which is the largest market in the world, is is SUVs. So um, right now, if you look at the product strategy and what Hyundai and Kia has in the market, um, it's a mixed issue. They're not as competitive as they should be, given the popularity of cars that they really don't have and they're stable. Isn't there still a quality control issue, though, with some of these Chinese products? And maybe we could extend that comparison to those tech rivals like um, smartphones, for example, that, that uh, as consumers, we, we still want to aspire to the the best we possibly can when it comes to our cars and phones and other gadgets? Well, absolutely, Alex. And and, and that's a point, though, that, that Hyundai and Kia have as um, uh, a differentiation uh, with the marketplace, with the competition, because Hyundai and Kia quality is, is near the best. That wasn't the case 10 years ago. Um, you talked at the opening about Samsung, and we all know about the, the, the uh, smartphone and whatnot. Um, but besides the glitches, the warranty issues that you decided earlier, overall quality with Hyundai and Kia, and this comes from the J.D. Power rankings that we survey people throughout the, the United States, um, Hyundai and Kia were number one and number two in the rankings, and that's unheard of for a mass market brand. Mm. Uh, they beat uh, the likes of Porsche and BMW and Mercedes. So their quality is quite good, and we find that in, in all the markets worldwide that we do that research. Yep. So the quality is there, and they've done a very good job. They've done a lot of work in Seoul, and, 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 and the executives there, the, the teams are entirely committed towards um, improving quality, and they've done a great job. Um, but it's really more of a mixed issue because the world and some of the largest markets, and specifically the U.S. and China, which make up close to half of all the volume, 
in the world, uh, they're really skewed towards SUVs and, and pickups. And in the U.S., that's the case of uh, the low price of petrol. Uh, so with gas prices going down like they uh, like they have been, um, consumers very quickly migrate from cars to trucks, mm. and, and they missed out on that. So yeah. that's that's more their issue rather than quality, because they're very strong in quality. Yeah, I mean, it's something not necessarily unique to the United States, but certainly differentiates the U.S. from many uh, European markets, for example, I guess, uh, you know, the, the pickup trend. But but what's your assessment of rising Chinese automakers? Can they fill that quality control gap, or is there structure, take, structurally a problem there? It, it's still, they've made progress, uh, Alex, but it, they ha- still have a way to go. Um, you know, there's enough demand to be met within China. Um, they have been exporting, but it's, it's mostly to some of the countries in the Middle East, some in, in uh, South America and the like, in, in, in Africa. Um, but they still have, uh, if they were to export now to uh, the U.S., Western Europe, or whatnot, they'd have a tough, a tough go of it. They're not, their quality is not where it needs to be. Yeah. Now, that being said, five years from now, it's probably a different story. They, they've learned a lot, and they've learned a lot from their JV partners, which are the likes of, of the multinationals that partner with them. But as we move towards a possible future of self-driving cars, the, the, the safety questions will become even more prominent. And if there are you know, any questions, you and I are both consumers ourselves, and we, we both know... I presume how consumers think. If, if if it involves just paying a little bit of extra money for that peace of mind, many people will do that if they can. Yeah, they they, they will. And and when it comes to being in a situation when your hands aren't on the wheel, uh, that that's going to be a, a prime concern for consumers. Mm. And uh, the early days of adoption are going to be quite interesting to watch. And. It's those people that, that have the quality down, and importantly, how you interface with the network and the, and the infrastructure and the other vehicles on the road, um, you know, that's the unknown at this point, and that's what people are going to have to focus on, and they already are uh, quite aggressively. Yeah, I mean, are we already moving them from a, what might be a traditional competition to something of a tech battle, also with uh, a strong emphasis on electric vehicles? I think we are. Um, in the immediate term, I think we'll continue to be a, you know, a um, go out self-ownership, you buy a car, you drive it yourself. But if you look at the trends globally um, and you look at the migration from rural to urban, mm. um, you know, just in Asia, you have a vast amount of people that's it's supposed to go from some 45 to 65 percent over the next 25 years. Um, to a, incredible numbers of almost 3 billion people that are going to be in their, in their urban centers. Uh, in the U.S. market, you know, the second largest market, we're going to go from 81 to 87% that'll be living in the urban centers. Um, so you've got that issue with infrastructure is not capable of handling too many more vehicles. You go to any key or big city around the world and there's one constant in its gridlock. And then you have the other issue where consumers, are, especially the younger consumers, are starting to question the, the economics of, of vehicle ownership. Um, you know, it's a depreciating asset. Uh, you use it maybe 10% of the day. Uh, there's a large running and operating costs with it. Um, you know, the sharing economy, does, does that get me from point A to point B? And further afield, if you envision a network of on-demand autonomously driven mm-hmm. vehicles, that help mitigate the traffic issues, help uh, increase safety, 
um, and, and meet your mobility needs, that sounds like a pretty viable uh, option that many consumers will want. I think every OEM right now is looking at that strategy, and that begs the question of what that what happens to the current business model that's been in, in place for some hundred years or so. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there are clearly still a huge number of people who seem to view cars as an extension of themselves, at least an extension of their homes, and wouldn't necessarily be comfortable with a car-sharing thing. But it's growing, and uh, I see evidence of it right here on the streets of Seoul. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Humphrey, for taking the time to give us your thoughts on the global market and how it's shifting. Thank you, Alex. John Humphrey from JD Power there in the United States. Uh, apologies for the phone connection there breaking up and uh, becoming a little rough at times there. If you want to share your opinion with us, though, especially on this question, I think, of Korean companies starting to hit the skids a little. I mean, when you have Samsung Electronics generating these negative headlines, as the company is at the moment, that is a bellwether for the market here. But Hyundai, on top of that, experiencing... Uh, losses of three trillion won, as we described before. It's obviously an area that needs to be watched closely. You can text us right now, pound of sharp one zero one three for fifty one per message. You can also send us a message via Facebook. Just head there, search TBS EFM this morning. We'll continue in just a few minutes. <laughs>